Hello and welcome. My name is Amelia, otherwise known as DJ EJ, and this is Club Crime, a true crime broadcast recording live at KTCU. How are we all doing this week? Today is the 33rd episode of Club Crime, which got me thinking today, by the end of this season, we're going to be in the 40s. And then next season, we're going to be in the 50s. This this podcast is getting so old in age. It's growing up so much. And I'm just so happy that you've all been on this journey with me. And hey, if you missed last week's episode, what are you doing? Go listen to Club Crime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and also now Amazon Music. And also go follow at Club Crime Official on Instagram and Twitter because you might see some super cool fun posts that I make every couple days on both of them. I don't use the Twitter as much, I will admit. Twitter is just one of those things that like I get on Twitter and then I go down like a rabbit hole of like the trending page and then I just forget to post. So the Instagram's easier for me because I have an easier time not falling down a rabbit hole. And I love making my cute little posts. So go check them out. Go follow me on the Club Crime Instagram. And I also made a post recently about how you can ask for story requests. I've kind of talked about it a little bit on here. But if you just DM me on the Instagram, I will see it. I will see your story requests. And I will look into it and see if it is appropriate and if it is a good enough length for me to cover on club crime so please 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 send in your story requests because obviously i can't read y'all's minds and know exactly what you guys want to listen to so let me know but it is that time for me to do my favorite thing which is to introduce my super special guest so everyone please welcome back caitlin hi i'm caitlin lawrence um i am from nowhere i actually wasn't born i just spawned in and mm. I'm in love with DJ EJ. Oh. So I'm very excited to be on this podcast again Stop here today. I'm honored and me. thrilled. Oh my gosh, my mother is in the studio. Yay! My big in Theater TCU Alpha Psi Omega. I was thinking about mentioning that, but I didn't know if I should. But yes, I mean, there's my daughter. You I'm very spawned proud of her. in, and then one day I spawned in, birth, yeah. and suddenly we were mother and daughter. It just happened. It's a really exciting, beautiful story. Honestly, I think how you and I became like big and little is really adorable, though, because we went on like a big little date and it was like, okay, cool. Like, nice to meet you. Yeah. And then I got cast in your dance for choreographer stage. She killed it. And I was like, oh, maybe I like her. Maybe maybe she's someone I want to hang out with more. And it was you and one other person who were at the very first rehearsal, and I just made you try a bunch of acrobatic tricks mm-hmm. to see what worked and what didn't work. And that's that's just how we knew that we were we were meant to be. It just happened. And then one day we went to coffee with one another, and I was like, "Hey, by the way, I want you to be my big." And you were like, "No way!" I said, "Stop! I want, I you, want to you to be, be my, my little. little." Perfect. And here we are. And now you're gonna be have a you're gonna be grandma soon, and I'm gonna be a mother because I'm so excited. I'm getting a little in April, and it's just kind of crazy. It's I'm how time flies. It's been a personally. year. It really has. I feel so old. I'm gonna be a grandmother. I was just a mother. They grow up so fast. They grow up so fast. Wow. But how are you? How have you been? I'm doing so grand. So tired, but I'm doing so grand. Yeah. In life in general, yeah. Are you a little EP? I am a little EP. I have a lot of psychology classes happening, and they're all neuroscience, which is such a fun subject to study, but we'll make it through. I will admit, I'm a little bit EP as well. I've just been reading a play all day Mm -hmm. for my script analysis class. Love that class. Um, I've been reading, for anyone um, wondering, I've been reading Long Day's Journey Into Night. Great play, just so long, and four acts. Oh, it was four acts? It's I forgot about that. Four acts. Oof. So I am I just got, I think I'm like halfway through the third act. <laughs> I've been grinding it out all day today. Thought I'd be farther. I'm not. Proud of you. But I'm in a, my opinion, though, one of the best plays that we read in that class. Oh, I think it's an incredible play. Top five. But there is like a little bit of fatigue when you, oh, when you have to like endure a four-act play definitely especially reading it instead of just seeing it you have to imagine it all in your head and i will this is 
this is kind of a controversial statement. Oh. I really liked Oedipus. And Oedipus I, is good. And I also really liked the seagull. That's interesting. Did you not like the seagull? I have to tell you guys a secret. Harry Parker, don't listen in. I did not read the sequel. <laughs> that was I read most of the scripts in that class. That is one of the few I did not read. I really liked it. I didn't think I would because everyone, literally everyone that I've ever talked to about the sequel is like, it's so hard to direct. Mm. Anton Chekhov writes in a really bizarre way. I read that and I was like, this is a great play. I don't know what y'all are talking about. You said you guys are just stupid, actually. This I makes said, perfect so sense. you guys, I guess, are just idiots. Because I got dumb. it perfectly. Yeah. But, no, Check I out. really like script analysis because I love reading. The only, like, qualm I have is I have no time to read anything else. Real. It takes up all your time. Like, I got books for Christmas. Haven't gotten to a single one of those. Haven't touched it. Haven't touched them because I've been reading plays. That's how I felt about drawing on the past a little bit which is a class where all we do is sketch 17 sketches a week i loved drawing before that class and then i took that class and it's a full year and i left and i haven't sketched since because i have been burned out of sketching which and is that's quite sad because i know i know as soon as this class is done i'm gonna need like a reading break exactly you need like a year off probably not a year off maybe a good couple months because i love that's reading true. And it's a semester class. It's I a needed semester a class. year off of drawing. Yeah, you you needed some time. That was a full year. It was a traumatizing class, but it's all right. I can draw a really good circle now. It, really? Yeah. I'm so bad at drawing circles. We learned how to draw circles really well. Mm. Well, since you've been on last, have you had any experience with true crime? Not necessarily you getting into trouble or true crime following you, but watched anything heard anything anything interest you um i see a lot about true crime on tiktok Mm, me too and oh i've gotten into a lot of youtube videos about cults recently Mm. so i've been learning a lot about cults i think they are so fascinating i personally think there should be a psychology class taught on cults i'm a double major one of them is psychology and i want to take a cult class in psychology i wish that existed and i I think it should i want to know the mentality of how you get into a cult I've covered so many cults, and after I finish every single one of them, I'm like, how? I'm like, it's crazy. It would take a lot to convince me to be part of those cults. Genuinely. But for some people, it's literally just like, hey, you want to be in a cult? Sure. It just works. Or they're in like this really small town. There was one I read about that was in, um, where it was in like an, it was in Mayan ruins is where they lived. Mm. And two people just wanted money for it but they somehow convinced this entire group of people that they were into it but then they started getting all this money and they weren't giving anything back the people got Mm -hmm. suspicious so they went to this nearby town and found this like 16 year old girl who was like a prostitute and brought her in but then she had like a psychotic break and started thinking she was actually one of the mayan gods and not just pretending anymore and so they started doing like blood sacrifices and all this and they had some crazy rituals before the cops finally came in and this evolved in six weeks from a normal village into a cult with blood rituals hey and i watched that video yesterday sometimes that's just how it happens this is how it goes and sometimes like you and i we just spawn into the world exactly you never know what's gonna happen the world's a mysterious place i guess i shouldn't say that though because my real mother will probably be texting me throughout this episode <laughs> so i guess i didn't just spawn in that's true hey but you spawn i don't have memories help. of my birth so maybe i did exactly who and are there pictures of you physically coming out probably not oh yeah there is oh there are oh never mind <laughs> there is a scrap there is a book of pictures in my grandmother's house and oh, one of the pictures is you- me like coming out yes oh like there's pictures of me immediately after birth but not like oh there's during. one there's one of me coming out that's crazy you know what he kept that as proof <laughs> exactly sure didn't just spawn in that was proof that he I, said i promise I, you're born I, I promise you you did not spawn in <laughs> just in case you ever questioned it <laughs> all right well it is that time for us to get into the story so are you ready for me to tell you your guest duties i'm really excited and i had a friend who just texted me that she's listening <gasps> so that's kind of fun yay Hi. well i'm going to tell you a true crime story it is your job to react ask okay. questions add in your own personal anecdotes and just add to the story in any way that you want does that make sense yes it does okay 
So you have to promise the listeners that I did not tell you what this story was going to be ahead of time. That's true. It's a surprise. I'm excited. Okay. So the formatting of this episode is going to be a little bit different from mostly any other episode that Ooh. I've ever done, other than maybe the Five Nights at Freddy's episode. I love Five Nights so, at Freddy's. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the story of the Russian sleep experiment. Oh, yeah! Which is a creepypasta. So mm-hmm. I want to preface this. The story I'm about to tell is a fictional story, but once I finish the story, I'm going to di- dive into the effect that this story has had on the internet and just kind of pop culture and society in general so i'll tell the story first and then talk about that so very similar to when i covered the slender man stabbing right um of course that was related to the slender man creepypasta Mm -hmm. however that doesn't have much of a huge backstory for me to tell so this time i'll be telling you the full creepypasta story and then we'll get into like the real world stuff love a good creepypasta okay this is a really oh my sources forgot to say my sources right i need those sources for tonight's story include creepypasta.com menshealth.com i love that love website. them <laughs> and then we all know her we all love her miss wikipedia yes my most favorite, trustworthy source my favorite primary source mm. where i get all my information my teachers love that website actually. exactly yeah. i use it for everything honestly here's my thing though before we actually get into this <laughs> i feel like using wikipedia is honestly less bad than using chat gbt to write an essay that's so true controversial statement and also wikipedia if you scroll to the bottom they have all their sources there so even if you don't want to quote directly from wikipedia you can just click on those sources and go to the actual exactly. website where it comes from exactly they provide you so many ways to find actual good information and stuff exactly love wikipedia okay so getting into the story once again i will tell you when what i am saying is no longer fictional at the end but let's get into the story so i will be reading this word for word and i would also like to say that none of this is my words um i don't it it's kind of unknown who actually wrote this story i looked it up let me go to the Wikipedia real fast. Um, Not but there's a huge it. cult following behind this. Ooh. Huge. Like, <laughs> it, I didn't, I've known about this story for a long time, and I didn't even know there was that big of a following. When I was younger, it. I actually fully thought this was real. I read about this first when I was like 14, I think, and I thought it was 100% true until I turned like 16, 17. Really? I was like, wow, this is so crazy how this could happen in real life. So I lied. Oh. The user is known. Their real name is unknown. That's what I got mixed up. So this was a creepypasta posted in August, on August 10th, 2010 by a user named Orange Soda, though that person's identity has never been revealed. Thanks, Orange Soda. <laughs> Thank you, Orange Soda. So now actually beginning the story. Okay. Russian researchers in the late 1940s kept five people awake for 15 days using an experimental gas-based stimulant. They were kept in a sealed environment to carefully monitor their oxygen intake so the gas didn't kill them, since it was toxic in high concentrations. This was before closed-circuit cameras, so they only had microphones and a five-inch thick glass porthole-sized window in the chamber to monitor them. The chamber was stocked with books and cots to sleep on, but there was no bedding, as well as running water, a toilet, and enough dried food to last all five of the men for over a month. The test subjects were political prisoners deemed enemies of the state during World War II. Everything was fine for the first five days. The subjects hardly complained. They had been promised, falsely, that they would be freed if they submitted to the test and did not sleep for 30 days. Their conversations and activities were monitored, and it was noted that they continued to talk about increasingly traumatic events in their past. The general tone of their conversations took on a darker aspect of after the four-day mark. After five days, they started to complain about the circumstances and events that led them to where they were and started to demonstrate severe paranoia. They stopped talking to each other and began alternately whispering into the microphones and one-way mirrored portholes. Oddly, they all seemed to think that they could win the trust of the experimenters by turning over their comrades, the other subjects in captivity with them. 
At first, the researchers suspected this was an effect of the gas itself. So already not starting off to a good start. Not having a great time. You know what I think is funny, though, is that it says after four days, they started turning to, like, deeper, darker subjects Mm -hmm. and stuff. That just sounds like an average girl sleepover. Yeah. It took them, it took some grown men four days to reach the point that I get to by an hour. 2 a.m. Tops. At the latest, 2 a.m. At the latest, 2 a.m. If that's the good snacks, 11 p.m. At like a minimum, you walk in the door, we're starting. Exactly. Right off the bat, we sit down and they say, okay, tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. Exactly. We move in. We talk about our day. We get bored in five minutes. Deepest, darkest secrets. We talk about our day. We scroll on TikTok and we say, hey, I saw a dead body once. Yeah. I did not ever see a dead body, but like that's literally like what girls talk about at sleepovers. Yeah, jump right in. I saw a dead body once. For real. Really? Yeah. Where? Um, it was on the street of my house when I was like eight. Some guy got in a motorcycle accident mm. and I heard a bunch of sirens and my parents were out there helping. So I walked out and I saw a dead body. Mm. Crazy stuff. That's tough. I've seen like dead animals. I've never seen an actual dead body. Honestly, dead animals are worse sometimes. So I couldn't see the body very well. Mm. So it's okay. Word. But still. But honestly, here's the thing. I don't deal. Like I can only imagine what these men are probably going through because mm. I've never even pulled an all-nighter. I think the latest I've made it is like 4 a.m. If I don't have like sleep, I'm cranky. I'm cranky. Yeah. I think I've pulled one all nighter once, probably. I, I was can't giggly do it. all the next day, actually, I but then I conked out. I love sleep. It's such a good time. Every every morning I wake up and I think about going to sleep again. Real. Because I wake I up and I love to sleep. Can't wait to take a nap later. I love the dreams I have, too. It's such a good time. I have the best dreams. I haven't had, like, a nightmare nightmare in years. Oh, me neither. I'm so good at sleeping. You know, at the doctors, they're like, hey, you know, do you have changed in appetite, changed in weight, depression, whatever. But then they say, do you have trouble sleeping? I say no. I say no. I've never had a problem sleeping in my life. I say a bomb could go off outside of my house when I'm sleeping. Really? I wouldn't wake up. Fast asleep. I've never had trouble sleeping in my life. It's my proudest achievement. I like, once I'm asleep, I'm asleep. It might take me a second to get asleep sometimes, Mm -mm. but most of the time, like, takes me five I'm out, minutes i'm out in like literally i'm out in like 10 minutes yeah i lay my head down the pillow gone sometimes i'm still watching tiktok still watching youtube and i'm gone oh like me with asmr like i'll go to bed and i'll wake up and the asmr will still be going, like the nine hour asmrs and i'm like who is talking in my ear one time i scrolled through tiktok in my sleep <laughs> oh my i kind of like God. opened my eyes again and i was like 15 tiktoks down than what i last remembered i was like what's going on wait that's so funny <laughs> okay getting back into the story back to the russians Back to the, this is once again, false, not a true story. Getting back into the falsity. Right. After nine days, the first of them started screaming. Oh. He ran the length of the chamber repeatedly, yelling at the top of his lungs for three hours straight, at which point he continued attempting to scream, but was only able to produce occasional squeaks. The researchers postulated that he had physically torn his vocal cords. The most surprising thing about the, his his behavior was how the other captives reacted to it, or rather, didn't react to it. They continued whispering into the microphones until the two of the captive until the second of the captives started to scream. The two non-screaming captives took the books apart, smeared the pe- pages with their own feces, Ooh. and pasted them calmly over the glass portholes. The screaming then promptly stopped. So did the whispering into the microphones. After three more days passed, the researchers checked the microphones hourly to make sure that they were working, since they thought it was impossible that no sound could be occurring with five people inside. The oxygen consumption in the chamber indicated that all five must still be alive. In fact, it was the amount of oxygen five people would consume at a heavy level of strenuous exercise. On the morning of the 14th day, the researchers did something they said they would not do to get a reaction from the captives. They used the intercom inside the chamber, hoping to provoke any response from the people that they were afraid were either dead or vegetables. They announced, quote, we are opening the chamber to test the microphones. Step away from the door and lie flat on the floor or you will be shot. Compliance will earn one of you your immediate freedom, end quote. To their surprise, they heard a calm voice respond in a single phrase, quote, 
we no longer want to be freed end quote this is chilling that's scary this is not like i am one of those people that like i don't get scared by like reading stories like when i read like stephen king books like Mm -hmm. i was like okay this is fine like i can read this all night long you can put me in the dark room and i will read this all night long but very rarely like on occasions like these reading these types of stories sends chills down my spine it's the creepy pastas that'll do to you scarier than any stephen king novel oh because the people on the internet are messed up people real and they don't have to have perfect grammar and write an actual giant novel they can just spew some thoughts on there and ditch exactly and they are some scary thoughts they are terrifying personally if i were one of the russian experimenters there i might leave i would hear that we don't want to be freed and i would say and i don't want to see and i say you know what will i do i'm going home yeah i say i actually don't want to know what's going on in that chamber anymore you don't want to be free i don't want to know especially with feces smeared all over the windows i don't want to see i see the poop on the window and i say well (laughs) you're getting locked in hope you hope you've had fun bye i would say okay so we see from this experiment that people go insane when they don't have sleep crazy who knew wild i said what was the point of this if this i know it's fake but like what would be the point of this we know that if people don't sleep they lose their marbles a little bit i think that was literally the thing to be like what happens if you just don't sleep yeah but also i know for a fact that like you will die without yeah. a lack of sleep because you of a chemical in your, because of a chemical in your brain mm-hmm. that has to be like i don't remember like the correct way for it but it like it builds up throughout the day while you're awake and then when you go to sleep like some chemical process like removes it from your brain mm-hmm. so these people no longer want to be freed well let's see what happens next shall oh, we hooray i'm excited getting back into it <laughs> Debate broke out among the researchers and the military forces funding the research. Unable to provoke any more response using the intercom, it was finally decided to open the chamber at midnight on the 15th day. The chamber was flushed of the stimulant gas and filled with fresh air, and immediately, voices from the microphones began to object. Three different voices began begging, as if pleading for the life of loved ones, to turn the gas back on. The chamber was opened, and soldiers were sent in to retrieve the test subjects. They began to scream louder than ever, and so did the soldiers when they saw what was inside. Four of the five subjects were still alive, although no one could rightly call the state of any of the, of, that any of them were in life. The food rations past five, past day five had not so much as been touched. There were chunks of meat from the dead test subjects' thighs and chests stuffed into the drain at the center of the chamber, blocking it and allowing for four inches of water to accumulate on the floor. Precisely how much of the water on the floor was actually blood was never determined. All four surviving test subjects also had large portions of muscle and skin torn away from their bodies. The destruction of flesh and exposed bone on their fingertips indicated that the wounds were inflicted by hand, not with teeth as the researchers initially thought. Closer examination of the position and angles of the wounds indicated that most, if not all of them, were self-inflicted. So Crazy even more strong gross. hands. Oh, I know. I'm thinking of that now. Like, how do you even like that? That's tough. I have baby hands. I have little baby hands. I mean, I suppose they have really long fingernails at that point. If they didn't chew them off. That's what I'm also thinking. Is like, if you're a prisoner, number one, you're probably not getting access to like nail files or nail oh, clippers. Yeah. You just got your teeth. So you probably already have like some nasty nails. And then if you're like in solitary confinement for days awake. All you can really do is just watch your nails grow. So true. I think I would have chewed them off by then, probably. But I have respect for those who can go for a while without chewing them off. But yeah, that's crazy. They just... My nails are definitely a little stubby right now. But that's because I just had, like, fake nails. Mm -hmm. And I took the fake nails off. And you have to, like, cut the nails underneath the fake nails to, like, let them grow back naturally. But I... 
I love having long nails. I don't, I can't do anything without long nails. I just feel nubby. <laughs> See, I feel more comfortable with my nubby little nails, but I like how longer ones look. So I have to go, I change preferences every couple months, which mm-hmm. is perfect timing. Yeah. See, I'm fine with the nubby nails. I feel like I can get more done. Just something mm-hmm. about the nails and being able to like, I don't know, like scratch, if that makes That's sense. That's true. And I don't mean scratches in like, like physically like hurting myself like these people are i literally just mean like sometimes like my head itches and it's not the same with my nubby little nails as it is to like have like little like actual nails to scratch see i've never felt much of a difference between my two nails because like even my nubby nails i don't know i can get the nails there but my boyfriend's always been like yeah when you like scratch my back or something with nails it's infinitely better exactly um which is funny and also i whenever i tap my phone i purposely hit my nails down so it makes a little clack sound oh i love the little clacky noise. i love the clack sound <sighs> just the simple joys of having nails so true okay well, we're about to get back into this, back and it it doesn't it doesn't get much better. Oh, it good. doesn't get much better. Oh, good. Okay. The abdominal organs below the rib cage of all four test subjects had been removed, mm. while the heart, lungs, and diaphragm remained in place. The skin and most of the muscles attached to the ribs had also been ripped off. I feel like they exposing, would be dead. Exposing the lungs through the rib cage. That's what I would think too. They yeah. should probably be dead. Yeah. All of the blood vessels and organs remained intact, but had been taken out and laid on the floor, fanning out around the eviscerated but still living bodies of the subjects. The digestive tract of all four could be seen working, digesting food. It was quickly apparent that they were digesting their own flesh that they had ripped off and eaten over the course of days. Most of the soldiers were Russian special operatives at the facility, but still many refused to return to the chamber to remove the test subjects. The subjects themselves continued to scream to be left in the chamber and begged and demanded that the gas be turned back on, lest they fall asleep. To everyone's surprise, the test subjects put up a fierce fight in the process of being removed from the chamber. One of the Russian soldiers died from having his throat ripped out, and another was gravely injured after having his gentleman area ripped off and an artery in his leg severed by one of the subject's teeth. Another five of the soldiers lost their lives, if you count the ones that killed themselves in the weeks following the incident. Oh my gosh. In the struggle... One of the four living subjects had his spleen ruptured and bled out almost immediately. The medical researchers attempted to sedate him, but this proved impossible. He was ejected with more than 10 times the human dose of a morphine derivative and still fought like a cornered animal, breaking the ribs and arms of one doctor. His heart was seen to beat for a full two minutes after he bled out to the point where there was no more air in his vascular system to the point where there was more air in his vascular system than blood even after it stopped he continued to scream and flail for another three minutes struggling to attack to attack anyone in reach and just repeating the word more over and over weaker and weaker until he finally fell silent The surviving test subjects were heavily restrained and moved to a medical facility. The two with intact vocal cords continuously begging for the gas, demanding to be kept awake. The most injured of the three was taken to the only surgical operating room that the facility had. In the process of preparing the subject to have his organs placed back within his body, it was found that he was effectively immune to the sedative they had given him to prepare him for the surgery. He fought furiously against his restraints when un- when the anesthetic gas was brought out to put him under. He managed to tear most of the way through a four-inch wide leather strap on one wrist, even though the weight of a 200-pound soldier was holding that wrist. It took only a little more anesthetic than normal to put him under, and the instant his eyelids fluttered and closed, his heart stopped. In the autopsy of the test subject that died on the operating table, it was found that his blood had tripled the normal levels of oxygen. The muscles that were still attached to his skeleton were badly torn, and he had broken nine bones in the struggle to not be subdued. Most of them were from the force of his own muscles that had exerted on the bones. 
The second survivor had been the first of the group had been the first of the group of the five to start screaming his vocal cords destroyed he was unable to beg or object to surgery and he only reacted by shaking his head violently in disapproval when the anesthetic gas was brought near him he shook his head yes when someone suggested reluctant reluctantly that they should try surgery without anesthetic and he did not react for the entire six-hour procedure of replacing his ad- abdominal organs and attempting to cover them with what remained of his skin The surgeon presiding stated repeatedly that it should not be medically possible for the patients to still be alive. One terrified nurse assisting the surgery stated that she had seen the patient's mouth curl into a smile several times whenever his eyes met hers. Okay, let's take a little pause again. Let's take a little break. Oh. (laughs) Let's absorb what we just heard. It's a lot of fun information. Because we also just got a little text from my mother. (gasps) Yay! So she wanted to know what is the purpose of these fictional stories, which we'll kind of get into at the end, but Mm -hmm. I will say it's honestly just to scare people. And that's really There's such a weird joy in being scared. I mean, if you really think about it, and you're the psychology major, so you can speak (laughs) on this, but, like, I don't know. There's, like, the fear of, like, like, think about it like going on a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. You're not going on a roller coaster because you're like this. Like, you're going on it because you know it's going to be fun. But you know it's going to be fun because you're going to be scared. If you really think about it. Yeah. And that's why you also, like, go in a haunted house. Because there's something just so alluring about being scared. Yeah. So that's kind of the point of these stories is, like, people want to be scared sometimes. Exactly. And it's the same reason people write horror novels or make horror movies it's just on a much smaller scale Mm -hmm. to people who don't have that kind of access to materials and stuff it's just they have a fun idea for a story in their mind and they're like oh this is a good one this is scary this is a cool idea and where else to put it but the internet they stick it out there exactly and the internet the internet's a really weird scary place it really really is and honestly if you think about it like creepypastas like this just barely skim the surface exactly scary stuff that is out there on the internet and at least they're not real or true exactly as opposed to once again this story that i'm telling you right now is not even close to being real Mm mm-hmm so it might be terrifying, but it's honestly the only purpose that it originally served was to scare people. Exactly. But once again, at the end of the story, I will talk about like its societal influence and kind of how it affected a whole generation of the internet, basically. And I think some people on Reddit also want to see how many people they can convince that it's real. Mm-hmm. This is a fun thing. So I remember several creepy fossils when I was younger. I mean, including this one, like mm-hmm. I said, I fully thought we were true and real. And I said, wow, the world is such a crazy, crazy place. I can't believe this is real and true. Mm-hmm. And the world got a tiny bit less interesting when I learned that it wasn't exactly. better. Because, you know, at least this isn't mm-hmm. true. I was going to say at least we're not torturing people in this way. But I feel like that still happens. Oh, I'm sure it In does. other ways. But I think it's just fun for some people to see, okay, what can we convince people of? Just yeah. to see. Exactly. Okay, getting back into it, I promise that this will all be over soon. (laughs) The invincible, sleepless people. The invincible, sleepless people. Okay. Crazy powers. (laughs) So when the surgery ended, the subject looked at the surgeon and began to wheeze loudly, attempting to talk while struggling. Assuming that this must be something of drastic importance, the surgeon had a pen and pad fetched so the patient could write this message. It was simple quote keep cutting end quote oh i don't like that actually i don't like that i really really don't like that the other two test subjects were given the same surgery both without anesthetic as well although they had to be injected with a paralytic for the duration of the operation the surgeon found it impossible to perform the operation while the patients laughed continuously once paralyzed the subjects could only follow the attending researchers with their eyes the paralytic cleared their system in an abnormally short period of time and they were soon trying to escape their bonds the moment they could speak they were again asking for the stimulant gas the researchers tried asking why they had injured themselves why they had ripped out their own guts and why they wanted to be given the gas again their only one response was given i must remain awake all three subjects restraints were reinforced and they were placed back into the chamber awaiting determination as to what should be done with them 
The researchers, facing the wrath of their military benefactors for having failed their stated goals of their project, considered euthanizing the surviving subjects. The commanding officer, an ex-KGB, instead saw potential and wanted to see what would happen if they were put back on the gas. The researchers strongly objected, but they were overruled. In preparation for being sealed back in the chamber again, the subjects were connected to an EEG monitor and had their restraints padded for long-term confinement. To everyone's surprise, all three stopped struggling the moment it was let slip that they were going back on the gas. It was obvious that, at this point, all three were putting up a great struggle to stay awake. One of the subjects that could speak was humming loudly and continuously. The mute subject was straining his legs against the leather bonds with all his might, first left, then right, then left again for something to focus on. The remaining subject was holding his head off his pillow and blinking rapidly. Having been the first to be wired to the EEG machine, most of the researchers were monitoring his brain waves in surprise. They were normal most of the time, but sometimes flatlined inexplicably. It looked as if he were repeatedly suffering brain death before returning to normal. As they were focused on papers scrolling out of the brainwave monitor, only one nurse saw the man's eyes slip shut at the same moment his head hit the pillow. His brainwaves immediately changed to that of a deep sleep, then flatlined for the last time as his heart simultaneously stopped. The only remaining subject that could speak started screaming to be sealed in now. His brainwaves showed some flat lines as the one who had just died from falling asleep. The commander gave the order to seal the chamber with both subjects inside, as well as three researchers. One of the named three immediately drew his gun, shot the commander point-blank between the eyes, then turned the gun on the mute subject and blew his brains out as well. He pointed his gun at the remaining subject still restrained to a bed as the remaining members of the medical and research team flood the room. Quote, I won't be locked in here with these things, not with you, end quote. He screamed at the man strapped to the table. Quote, what are you, end quote, he demanded. Quote, I must know, end quote. The subject smiled. Quote, have you forgotten so easily, end quote, the subject asked. Quote, we are you. We are the madness that lurks within you all begging to be free at every moment in your deepest animal mind. We are what you hide from in your beds every night. We are what you sedate into silence and paralysis when you go into the nocturnal haven where we cannot tread, end quote. The researcher paused, then aimed the subject's heart and fired. The EEG flatlined as the subject weakly choked out, quote, so nearly free, end quote. And that is the story of the russian sleep experiment crazy stuff crazy stuff once again not true but crazy stuff it definitely took a turn at the end there you can tell throughout the first part i actually have never heard that whole ending and them being treated and then everything with the team and all that no i haven't heard that part um from the beginning it felt very like oh i could see this potentially happening Mm -hmm. but at the very end it's like the we are What's inside of you and all that. That's where oh, yeah. I said, oh, this is creepypasta. Mm-hmm. I think the ending, I will say, like, that is really what, like, turns it to be like, okay, this is not true. It's a story. It's a story. Yeah. The rest of it, though, I'm like, that that could be true. Because I can see people doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, there's not actually a gas that can keep you alive like that. But that idea of an experiment definitely could have happened. Especially when was this said it was placed? The 1940s. The 1940s? Oh, yeah. They did not have ethics codes or, like, anything like that back then. That didn't come into place until, like, the 1990s. Um, So they could definitely get mm-hmm. away with whatever. And, I mean, obviously, it's in Russia, not America. I don't know what they're allowed to do over there. So. the 1940s. I agree. Like, it... It really, like, so we'll get into now, like, the impact that the story had. Mm-hmm. Um, really, that's, like, the most, like, true crime we're going to get tonight. Unfortunately, unlike this, or I guess fortunately, unlike <laughs> the Slenderman stabbings, there is no official true crime related to the story. Yeah. But the story itself is really the true crime for tonight. It is. And it's okay because I already watched a documentary on the Slenderman stabbings, actually. 
You did? So, yeah. So, to kind of recount for any listeners that might not know, the Slenderman stabbings basically took place in 2016, and it involved two young girls stabbing another young girl because they believed that the online creepypastas of Slenderman was true. They were dedicating their lives to him, wanted to be his servants, and were gonna kill this girl as a sacrifice then run away to go to his palace in the forest now both of these girls were diagnosed schizophrenics so i will say that but um that is like the biggest detriment of creepypasta online i will say Mm -hmm. is if you have people believing that a fictional story is true then bad things are going to happen because of it unfortunately Mm So let's start off with the positives that have come of this story. Yay! So for those who do not know, um, I used to work at Spirit Halloween. And I actually remember this. Um, the creepy pasta is associated with this image online. Mm-hmm. If you are looking for kind of a jump scare, something spooky to look at, then just look up the Russian sleep experiment and go to images and you'll see the creepy image I'm talking about. I've been imagining that this entire time, actually. <laughs> but that um, that picture actually inspired a animatronic that we had my year of working at Spirit Halloween called The Spasm. And it was a real animatronic that we sold. Oh. And it wasn't nearly as creepy as... Um, the picture but i did recognize it as being inspired so right that is what i will say um but getting into the unfortunate side of this story so you and i have talked about this how we both believed that this was true right i will say believing that it was true i just kind of it just kind of scared me I that's kind of why I like to sleep because I was like if I go to sleep I won't go insane like I won't go insane exactly um but a lot of online debate forums such as reddit as well as actual like journalism um sources such as men's health have basically said that trusting and believing in online sources right like this really just show the danger of the internet oh yeah really show that you can say anything on the internet and it could be as long of a story as this was or it could just be a short little twitter post and it could absolutely basically derail the entire kind of status quo stasis of the internet and so that's the detriment and bringing that bit back into the Slenderman stabbings you think of how big Slenderman got I mean Slenderman has video games a movie and people have gone so far to try and say Slenderman's not real Slenderman's not real look at this we're making fictional games and fictional movies to show to you that this is not real yeah everyone knows who he is even if they don't know he's from creepypasta everyone knows you who probably Slenderman recognize is. the Slenderman figure right and because of that, because of, you know, people have tried to fictionalize it because they've seen the detriment that it's caused. So that's kind of why I'm making this episode um, to talk about a super cool, creepy story, because I think that this is one of the coolest, scary stories on the Internet. Oh, yeah. I was a big, like, scary stories to tell in the dark kid growing right. up. Loved those. But it's also, you know... The internet is a scary, spooky place, and I try to be as transparent as possible whenever I make these stories and say, hey, look at all these sources that I got. Um, This is a true story. This is what not to do, but this is a not true story. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to show, you know, I I may not be like a primary source, but I am at least someone that you can trust with stories and that I try to give you the most factual evidence as possible. But there's still stuff out there that sounds real such as this Russian sleep experiment story, which, right. you know, like you said, like it until the end of the story, it does sound like it's a real thing. It's plausible. It's plausible that Somebody it could have happened. Somebody would do that kind of thing, especially in the 1940s. I mean, there's so many other horrific things going on in there. Oh, you think of all of the experiments that we probably don't know about. Like exactly. I mean, during the Holocaust stuff. and all of that, like you just think about that. And this seems 
very plausible. So that's just kind of why I wanted to make this episode. I went a little bit off my norm, but I also had a lot of fun doing this because I love this story. Um, I've always kind of had it in the back of my mind of like, how do I talk about this on Club Crime, even though it's not a true crime story? And Mm -hmm. this is how I did it. I kind of tied it into an old story I covered and internet safety. Right. We all need some internet safety sometimes. We all need it. That's another um, subject I've been watching YouTube videos on recently. It's the dark web and mm. what exactly it is and all of that jazz. The dark web is something I will never mess with. It's ever. crazy. I've watched so many videos on it recently. It's, oh my gosh, I could talk about it forever. It's just crazy and a place safe, to be avoided like, at all costs. I think the worst website I've ever gone to, at like worst probably like craigslist you can see some pretty messed up stuff on craigslist if you really try hard if you search really hard but at most like i'm just doing my wordle every day my Real. new york times connections exactly i'm playing Stick cool math to games that. i that's what and that's what i will be sticking to mm-hmm. i will be you know making some presentations on google slides exactly i read a lot of the people in the dark web who get into the most trouble are like teens who are just curious mm-hmm. and want to know what's going on but it's so easy to get tracked or just have information of yours that you don't want shared be oh, shared because you're not taking the proper precautions and all that because you're not professional you're a teenager who's curious and wants to know what's going My on thing is like I do have, like, definitely a curiosity for the unknown. Oh, yeah. Which is why I make this. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm definitely pretty fascinated with, like, death and scary things. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, there is a limit to what I want to know. Yeah, stick to the YouTube documentaries. And I will be staying on just regular Plano Google and YouTube. Exactly. Not That's downloading tour for this. No. Not looking at that. I don't... Mm-mm. That's why I watch my little YouTube documentaries, and I go, wow, that's crazy. And I do not download oh, other I servers watch that so say, I can go to the dark web. That's how it like that's how you should just live vicariously. Exactly. If you're fascinated about something, watch a YouTube documentary. Exactly. Honestly. I've watched some YouTube documentaries that I was like, this is a little too much for me. They go a little too into detail about some of the stuff that is available in the dark web. But and I go, still that's just, too much that's for me to like, know. That's as far as I want to get. That's- exactly. And it's just YouTube and it's a little more than I want to know. Mm-hmm. So, I completely agree. Don't explore into that. Well, honestly, here's the thing about creepypasta is there you get some like these that you're like, wow, so scary. And then you get something like Ben Drowned where it's like a I was about to mention Ben game. Drowned. Ben Drowned, for those Ooh. who don't know, um, <laughs> it's a creepypasta about a possessed cartridge of The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for mm. the Nintendo 64. <laughs> And it's possessed by the soul of a drowned child named Ben. Mm-hmm. And just creepy things happen in the game. That's really, like, the most of what it is, basically. Yeah. I remember being terrified of that. Exactly. My older brother showed me that when I was younger. Again, I thought it was 100% real. Because I saw it when I was way younger. I was so scared every time I played. I think it was Majora's Mask. Because was the it? mask salesman kept doing really creepy things. In yes, it, it, it is Majora's, Majora's Mask. Mask. Okay. And... Every time I would, like, watch my brother play that game, I'd be so scared. I'd be like, what if Ben Drowned appears on this? It's like Herobrine. Me, like, not understanding that's, like, a mod that you have to, like, add to the game. Like, me completely not understanding that it was, like, some guy, like, editing in. But I thought it was real. I was like, he's going to haunt the grain. It's just like Herobrine on Minecraft where Mm -hmm. you're like, he is going to appear and I'm going to search for him. And then Herobrine, I guess Herobrine's technically not even a creepypasta. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, it's an internet rumor that, like, there was this haunted AI in Minecraft called Hero Brian. I think something. I think the rumor was that it was like um, the creator of Minecraft's like dead brother or yes. something. Um, who it possessed just like the game? Steve with white eyes. Yeah, basically, it's just your default character with like white eyes, and he was known to just like mess around with you, kind of do creepy things in game. Mm. However, I will say fun fact about this. Um, one April Fool's Day, Microsoft did actually add Hero Brian to Minecraft for 24 hours. Really? Oh my gosh. And then 
once April Fool's Day was up, they took him out of the game. I would have gone crazy with that. Me and my little brother had worlds dedicated to finding hair, Brian. We would look up, um, oh, you know, good ways to find hair, Brian. Minecraft Pocket World Edition, me looking for Hero Brian on, like, car rides. I was a computer Minecraft girl. But we would look up, we would go to settings when we're creating a world, mm-hmm. and we'd edit the seed. And oh. we'd look up different ways, like, different kinds of... Um, patterns of numbers that would supposedly induce hair Brian into the world and mm-hmm. we would edit the seeds and search for him in very specific places mm. never found him but we thought we would i just want to say like kind of off track but my poor parents are like probably sitting here with like flashbacks to the five nights of freddy's episode <laughs> i don't know what these kids are talking about i don't i don't know what they're talking about i don't understand video the games these days? what are the kids up to these days um i'm just talking about what makes me happy I yeah. needed a break from reading scripts. So this is what I so talked about. So true. So what do we turn to? Reddit creepypasta. Reddit creepypasta. Obviously. Well, do you have any final questions or comments or anything else you want to add? I just, it's crazy that they, whoever wrote this, decided that not sleeping actually kind of made you invincible, more or less. They mm-hmm. became, they got super strength. They obviously love horrible things happen, but they did also gain super strength and could live through pretty much anything except for falling asleep. And I think it's crazy that that's what they thought the effect of a lack of sleep would be. I agree. I think lack of sleep would be me wanting sleep. Yeah, I feel like you would actually deteriorate, not become stronger. Their mind deteriorated, but their bodies became much, much stronger Mm -hmm. in that time. Really confused as to how that works. But you know what? I respect Orange Soda for writing a little story like this. Good for him. <laughs> well, I guess my final thing is take the in- take what you read on the internet with a grain of salt. Right. Um, I always say it, but, you know, Wikipedia, not a primary source. I use Wikipedia <laughs> as my secondary source to, like, kind of give me a story and then go back and check everything else. Uh-huh. So just, you know... Use Google Scholar. If you have a question, use Google Scholar. So true. That'll probably give you a good answer. But, Caitlin, thank you so much for once again joining the club that is Club Crime. Loved being here. I'm so happy that you've returned, and I hope this is not the last time that you will be on. Me too. And to all my listeners, please join us next week when I have a new special guest and a new surprise story. And this has been Club Crime.